0: Hello, friends. You're listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Icke, Carol Tearsmith, Jack Tyson, and of course, on the phone with us, we have Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And today, we're going to be talking about God the Father. But first, we know all good things begin in prayer. So Father Jim, would you lead us in an opening prayer?
1: (laughs) Thank you, Annie. Good morning, good afternoon, team.
0: Hi, Father. Hi, Father.
1: Let's begin, guys, with the Our Father, and then we'll pray the fiat of the Eternal Father. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
2: Give, Give us this day our daily bread, and, and forgive us our, our trespasses. trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
1: Amen. All right, and team and blessed listeners, would you say this beautiful prayer after me line by line? Okay. My beloved father,
2: my my beloved
1: beloved Father, father, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
2: Thy will will be be done done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Be thou my father. Be thou my father. Be always my eternal father.
2: Be always my eternal
1: father. Do not leave my soul. Do not not leave my soul. Do not abandon me. Do not not abandon me. me. Do not leave me out of your sight, my father.
3: Do not, Do not leave me, me out of, of your sight, my father. father,
1: for I am your child.
3: For I am your child,
1: whom you have created to please you. Whom you have
2: created to please you,
1: to adore you, to adore you, you to honor you,
2: to, to honor you,
1: living my days. Living, living my days. As you have given me the license to live it.
2: As you have given me
1: the license to live it. I offer up this fiat through Mary.
2: I offer up this fiat
1: through Mary. To Jesus.
2: To Jesus.
1: To you, eternal Father.
2: To you, eternal Father.
1: Amen. Amen. We love you, Father God. We praise you and we bless you. And we ask you to grant to all of us now, speaking and listening, the grace of your Holy Spirit living within us to bring us to perfect praise, to bring us to perfect love, and one day to bring all of us and our family members to eternal salvation. May mighty God bless all of our listeners. May he bless this broadcast in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Alleluia.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
4: Father Jim. Yes, team. The Go last, ahead, yeah. Yeah, the last couple of weeks we've discussed God the Father's private revelation to Mother Eugenia. And this revelation yes. has many of us with a greater awareness of God the Father's deep and tenderness for all of us, and also that his desire to know him as a loving father who protects and helps his children.
5: And today, Father, each of us in the studio uh, decided with a, uh, a little encouragement from you to to share one of our favorite messages. I know all of us have more than one, but we each picked at least one message from God the Father as he revealed it to Mother Angenia. And we ask today that maybe if we read those to you, if you could unpack them for us a bit and maybe provide some additional wisdom for a few minutes on each of those. Is that okay with you?
1: Sure. That sounds like fun.
5: Okay, great.
3: (laughs) So we're we're unpacking God's word today. God's (laughs) word. That's right. Um, So so I'm not sure if the listeners know, but this what we're referring to is the the book that Father Jim uh, suggested that we read called "The Father Speaks to His Children," and and I've started to refer to it as so God wrote a book, right? Page (laughs) after page is nothing more than Him speaking to us. Right. right. And I'm going to ask uh, Steph to vouch for me here from six feet away. But when I like something, my yellow highlighter <laughs> goes crazy.
5: Wow. It's almost all yellow. <laughs> A
3: lot of yellow highlighting. A lot of yellow highlighting. So <clears throat> I was looking for what was going to, you know, would be my favorite Favorite part of the book, and I and I landed on a passage that I'll I'll, I'll read in just a second. It's just a short paragraph, but the sure. essentially it's 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 I am an ocean of charity, and then it it goes from there. But here's the funny thing: um, I'm reading along, reading along, highlighting stuff, starring things, and at the bottom of page thirty-eight, I just started writing notes to myself. I wrote omnipotent, omniscient, ubiquitous, infinity, everlasting, eternal, vast ocean. And that's on page 38. Flip a few more pages to page 45, and the passage just jumped off the page at me, and that is, I am an I am the ocean of charity. My children, and this is another proof of the paternal love that I feel for all of you without exception, regardless of your age, your status, or your country, nor do I exclude different societies, sex, believers, unbelievers, the indifferent. I enfold in this love all the rational creatures who make up humanity. And then there's more references to, to the ocean of charity. What, to me, what God did was he, he picked the biggest thing on earth, the ocean, which is, is in its vastness is really tough for us to comprehend, but it's, it's just like a little morsel of, okay, so if you think the ocean is big and, you know, I'm bigger than that, jump into my ocean of charity. Just jump in. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna love it when you get there. So it was almost like God said, all right, I have to give them something they can relate to. I'll go with the ocean. And that was, <laughs> that was, that's what jumped off the page at me.
1: That's good, Jack. And just a little thought, though, to keep in mind is that when our Father created the oceans, he had this in mind when he designed and created the ocean. Right. And in other words, right. it's I like, see it's not an afterthought, okay. I think I'll use the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no,
2: no. He, no, what should he I do? the ocean
1: to give you an, eye, an analogy of the greatness of His love. He is so fantastic. You see, <laughs> He has everything planned in advance, and so be aware of that. That everything that you see, even the cow eating His grass so peacefully there in the pasture, God created that cow to give you that sense of peacefulness. You see. Mm -hmm. And so everything is really well planned and designed by our beautiful God. And I do want to share with you, though, a little quote about forgiveness and love, God's forgiveness and God's love, because it has to do with that ocean. There's a funny little saying that it's good for us confessors, for priests to use in confession. But the old saying goes like this, when God forgives all of my sins, he throws them into the depths of the ocean of his mercy and his love. And then he puts up a little sign on the ocean floor, and it says, no fishing allowed. (laughs) So be aware of that, that God's, his love and his mercy is infinite. And when he forgives my sins or my boo-boos, he wants me to let go of them forever. His love is actually joyful. His mercy leads to joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. So yeah, thank you for bringing that out, uh, Mr. Jack, that this really is like a book the Father has written, and actually it's a synopsis, because the Father wrote the Bible. God the Father wrote the Bible through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. So Father wrote the Bible through Jesus in the gift of the Holy Spirit, with a gift we call inspiration. And so this is like a little tiny synopsis of the entire Bible. And because it seems to be that, say, after 2,000 years of Christianity and, you know, I say 4,000 years of the Judeo Christian ethic, theology, and morality, that you could say that mankind still doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And he actually says that in the book. It's yeah. kind of humorous. Uh-huh. That. I mean, of course we just don't get it. We have people like, even in our own poor country now, having riots and burning down other people's businesses and livelihoods. Mm-hmm. For reasons that are specious at best, you see mm-hmm. it's actually terrible we 're not getting the message that first of all, God provides for everyone and for every country that God loves everyone and every country and and that God is available to everyone and to every country and so this little summary of the Bible and this beautiful little book that we 've all been studying and reading in the last couple of weeks, the Father speaks to his children it tries to like. Boil it down you might say to a little nugget that there is a father and he's a loving father and he loves all of us. I think you could put it this way your wildest dreams have just come true. Your wildest mm-hmm. dreams. Mm-hmm. There, there truly is a god and he's truly good and he's not just good as a the theologians say but God is goodness itself. He is goodness. You must think of the most beautiful God you can possibly imagine. That's what the real God is like, but more than that, a million times more than that. And this beautiful little message begins to bring that out. It even calls us in the message, the Father calls us to be messengers ourselves, to bring this message to everyone. And just like the quote that you read, Jack, he wants us to bring it to every culture, to every nation to bring it to everyone, believers and unbelievers, he says, different societies, even to those who are indifferent. He wants us to bring this message. It's the message that Jesus brought by his very person, that we have a beautiful Papa, that our life has a purpose, an origin, and a destiny. And so, yes, I agree with you. He is an ocean of mercy, and I believe the Spirit wants me to tell everyone who's listening that, is that we should really challenge God, and I mean that in a loving way. Challenge him and say, Father, show me your love. Father, I challenge you, show me how much you love me. Open my heart, open my mind to see you everywhere and to taste and experience your goodness. And we're just fulfilling the word of God. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, I've never tasted you. I've never seen it. Now, Father, fulfill the word of your Son within me today. Fulfill it for me, too. I, too, Father, I need you, and I want you to touch me so I can know you and love you and live with you forever and share you with others. Father, reveal to me the ocean of your love. Reveal it to my heart. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Well, Father, this is... Thank you, Father. Yeah, this is Carol, Father. And when when I'm reading the booklet, I had the wow as well. And as I read it, what I take away is it's really evident that God, our Father, He loves us so much and He wants to save all of us. He wants us in heaven with Him forever. And um, He actually shares a story in this book about a, a man who would be what I would call somewhat of a prodigal son. And and God describes the elaborate plans that he devises to help bring this man to heaven. And so would you talk to us about the story or discuss the depth of God's love in creating such a plan for every one of us?
1: Thank you, Carol. You know, one thought that always comes to my mind as a priest and as someone who preaches uh, everywhere is this thought that, God doesn't look upon the human race as a herd of cows. He doesn't see us as, as a group, a grouping of animals. That God loves each one of us individually. So the plan for God is not, extends to the whole human race, but even more importantly, to each individual. And so his servant, St. Pope John Paul the Great, he said it this way, that each one of us is unique and precious and unrepeatable. And in fact, the Father knew from all eternity that you were coming. He actually knew that you and I were coming. And this is kind of humorous, true. It's kind of humorous. But I like to say this to people if you ever thought about this, my mom and dad didn't know I was coming. I was a surprise, but God knew I was coming. <laughs> To beware of that. I mean, this this whole this whole phony business we have in our country called Planned Parenthood, which is nothing less than diabolical. Um, they only got one thing right: that we are planned, but not by artificial contraception and not by man's sinfulness. We are planned by the Father Himself. Each one of us is willed by God, as Pope Benedict said. We are willed by God. We are planned from all eternity. And here's the thing that's so cool, that's so awesome, that God didn't just plan you like, oh, I want a beautiful little girl named Carol, and one day she's going to work on the Quest radio station. And he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> just say, well, I, I love this little girl, and I want to have her, and I'll have her on the earth. No, he actually, Carol, has planned every one of your days in advance from the day you were conceived, the day you were born, till your final day on this earth, and then your first day in eternal glory. Our days have been planned. One saint says every single day is utterly unique, different from the one before or the one to follow. And so God's plans are, they're extravagant and they're intricate. He has a plan for each one of us. This is a message in particular that we need to bring to our young people, that we are not something that happened by by random, some sort of random chance. This, again, is something diabolical. Whenever there's a way of thinking that causes you and I to shrink up as human beings, that causes us to enter into depression, sadness, or darkness, that brings upon us a great confusion, that brings upon us a lifelessness, or as the philosophers say, an ennui, a boredom, it's not from God. You are unique, precious, and unrepeatable. You were willed and planned from all eternity. Every single day is planned, and God will do what he can to save you. Here's an example from the lives of the saints. And Pope John Paul and Pope Benedict both recommended highly that we, we read the lives of the saints because they tell us that in the lives of the saints, we have the gospel incarnate, you might say. There is the gospel, how it's lived out in every era. That's why there's different saints for every culture and every era. One saint in particular, St. John Vianney, is a favorite, I think, of mine and many priests, and he was such a passionate and holy confessor, exorcist, and man of God. But there's a story of his ministry that's simply remarkable, perhaps for our time in particular. And it has to do uh, with a woman who came to see St. John Vianney. And yet remember, this was the days back in the 1700s and 1800s where, you know, there was no iPads or iPhones, telephones or televisions, none of that. So I don't know if she actually knew what he looked like, but she went there to see him. And, of course, the church in ours was always crowded, and people would wait in line sometimes for days to go to confession to St. John Vianney. And one day he was there, and of course the church was utterly packed. He had been hearing confessions uh, for hours, and he got up to leave the confessional, not because he was done with confessions, but because it's time to start Holy Mass. And so he left the confessional, and there's a whole group of people surrounding him. He had to work his way through to get up to the altar to prepare for Mass. And there was a lady there he had never seen before. She came from another place. But he happened to see her, and he looked at her, and he pointed to her, She came there specifically to see him, to ask him a very important question. And he looked at her and he said, you, yes, ma'am, your husband, he was saved. Before he died, he was saved. She went up to the altar. Mm. Now, the woman was utterly startled. She came, I believe, from another country. And afterwards, she was able to track him down and speak to him at length. And so here's the thing that you need to understand this about this story. Her husband had jumped off a bridge and committed suicide. Oh. Oh. Her husband had jumped off of a bridge in Europe and committed suicide. And so John Vianney never saw her before, but he knew. And when she encountered him afterwards, he t- he told her, when your husband was actually jumped off the bridge, was falling through the air, Jesus appeared to your husband as the sacred heart. Mm-hmm. He appeared to him one last time and asked him as he was falling through the air, you, you just made a mistake. Are you sorry? I love you. Are you sorry for what you've done? Will you receive me and accept my love? And her husband said yes before he hit the water. Oh.
5: Where's the tissues, guys?
1: <laughs> this is a true story oh. from a canonized saint. It's unbelievable. And then John went on to tell her, St. John Vianney, that it was because of her prayers as the wife, she had made a novena. Now, how did St. John know this? She had made a novena to the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ oh. over and over for her husband. And that's how the Lord appeared to her husband as the Sacred Heart. As he was falling through the air, he gave him one last chance, and thanks be to Almighty God, the God of love and mercy, he said yes. Mm -hmm. He was not in hell. He was in purgatory. Thanks be to God for purgatory. Mm -hmm. He was being cleansed there, being prepared for heaven. Of course, the woman broke down and wept, and it changed her life forever. It changed her forever. And I share that story because not only is it true, but it shows you the planning of God, that God has a plan for each of us. And even when we make a big, giant mistake, He has a backup plan. He's going to try to save you somehow. He's going to try to save you. And we're not saying that every single person is saved. It does not appear to be that way at all. There is a hell, and hell is real. We don't want to go there. And God will bend over backwards He'll bend over backwards. He'll do backflips to save you. And so the point really is this. Dear listeners, our beautiful God is not out to get you. He's not out to condemn you. You know, that's really false. To me, that's a sacrilege. To me, that's blasphemy. That's not true at all. That comes from the evil one. Your father loves you and your children, even your delinquents, and he's after them to save them. He's not asking anybody to, to condemn them. God is chasing you up and down the highways in order to save you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So there is a plan. There's a backup plan. There's a second backup plan. There's a third backup plan. And God is doing everything he can, even the people you'll meet today, even maybe somebody at a Burger King, as a McDonald's that you meet. You, you're meeting them for a reason. Even you're you're going to help them or they're going to help you. There's a reason for everything. I'll give you one little more example from my own life just last night, if that's okay. Sure. This is kind of amazing. This happens to me frequently, though. Of course, I was preaching in Pittsburgh over the weekend, so I flew back into Atlanta late last night, and I was going to drive straight home, but it's so funny, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, don't drive straight home, sit down and relax, like have a little meal before you go home. And I had a a small meal earlier in the day. I wasn't really too hungry, but I felt the Lord saying, I want you just to stay and relax and have something to eat. And I had a little bit of money in my wallet that somebody had given to me. I thought, well, okay, maybe God just wants me to relax because he knows I'm worn out. It's an hour drive from the airport to my rectory here outside of Covington. So he just wants me to relax. He's a good mother. So, okay, Papa, I'll do it. And so I looked around and nothing was open but Burger King (laughs) right there in the airport. It's not the healthiest meal in the world. So I looked at you and said, Well, they have a chicken sandwich. It's not even fried. I'm going to go for that original chicken sandwich. It's a little bit healthy there. I would rather have a Whopper with cheese, but I wanted to do a little bit of penance there, so I'm going to have a little chicken sandwich. <laughs> and So I ordered the chicken sandwich and, and it's some fries and uh, soda, and it occurred to me, you know, thank you, Father, you're so good to me, but I have a feeling you're stalling me from leaving for a reason. It's not just this chicken sandwich. I know you're up to something. (laughs) So I sat down and ate my chicken sandwich and my my French fries, actually some onion rings. When I got done, I went to throw my my bag away, and a a tall gentleman, a black gentleman with a beautiful beard, looked at me. He came walking right up to me as if he had known me forever. And he took my my bag that I was going to throw away, and he put it in in the canister for me. And he told me that he needed some French fries, that he was hungry. Mm. And it almost broke my heart. And mm. to me, it's a joy to be able to help the poor. It's a joy and a privilege and an honor. And I always feel so happy when they pick me to ask. There may be 100 people there, but they, for, for, for some reason, they pick me a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even see my collar because I was sitting my back to him. But he he picked me. I said, yay, (laughs) Jesus picked me. And I looked at him and I had just enough money to buy him a sandwich and a french fry. And so we got in line. I said, what's your name? He says, and he said, my name is James. Well, that's my name, too. Mm -hmm. And we had the most beautiful conversation. It was such a joy. And I I bought him his sandwich, and and they asked me what name. I said, James. This is for James. And I gave him his ticket after we paid for it, and I left so as not to embarrass him. And I just, I walked to my car, I'm telling you with joy, saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for James. Thank you for letting me meet him. Thank you that he came up to me with such great humility. I see you, Father, in my brother James. Thank you so much for the honor. And I share that with you is that. I'm telling you, every encounter of our lives is planned in advance by God. James was a blessing to me, and I was a blessing to James, and that's how God works. And with the blessing that I received to see the humility and the charity, and James, the blessing he received to see a priest who was generous to him, you know, and without trying to preach to him, it was something beautiful that happened. God is planning our lives, dear listeners. Each day will never return. Each day has its own serendipitous gifts, its own blessings, and little trials too. But each day and each encounter, each happening is meant to prepare me for heaven, to help me encounter my Father's love. And so this is what I see in all of this, that there truly is a plan that our Father is out to get us, but not to drag us down, to lift us up. The Father is after you to save you. He wants to, if I can say this, He wants to cover your cheeks with kisses. That's what He wants to do.
5: Mm. Boy, I wish everybody could hear this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Thank God for the archives. He's truly beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone, we're going to go to our quick break real quick, and we'll be back with more from Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station. Stay tuned.
6: The Quest presents... A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Lance is a friend and successful entrepreneur in Louisiana. His faith was simply checking the box by going to Mass on Sunday. Then God brought him back through the power of the sacraments. And upon his return, Lance got busy doing mission work in Mexico and Africa, volunteering in hospices and counseling addicts. Then God woke him up again during adoration to his primary vocation as a husband and a father. At first, it didn't make sense, but God clarified things. I don't think Lance is alone. Many of us might not realize that being a husband or wife or father or mother is actually a vocation and a primary responsibility. Or perhaps we do know this, but we've gotten distracted with life. Either way, the quote that clarified things for Lance from St. Teresa of Calcutta is a perfect homework assignment for us all. If you want to save the world, go home and love your family. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
4: AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com.
3: Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
0: just joining us you're listening to heaven's light on your atlanta catholic radio station am 1160 the quest i'm annie porter and i'm joined in studio by steph Ike, carol tearsmith and jack tyson and on the phone we have father jim blunt with us again today
5: father uh we've got a good surprise for people today don't we Uh, sure yeah you know it's kind of interesting about 10 minutes before the show (laughs) we have a lot of fun things happen before uh every airing of this show and typically about 10 minutes before the show father suggests a song for us so annie is going away (laughs) a mile a minute trying to get this song loaded for us and Gosh, she got it just in time. So we have the pleasure of being able to share with our audience today a very special song called "Good Good Father" by Chris Tomlin. Some of you may already know it, but it's a beautiful song and perfect for today. So, Annie, yes. can you play it for us?
6: Ooh, I- your life, would I
5: That was great that was that was bo- Isn't that a bonus a beautiful song yes yes. yes, yes, and not only thank you for that song, and thank you to Annie for for finding it so quickly and getting it prepared for us, but thank you for the story about James. I know that yeah. during I know that during these hours you get inspired by the Holy Spirit, and you often share things that are total surprises for all of us, and that was a beautiful surprise, so thank you for that.
1: Yes, it was a joy to me. Just thinking about it is just warming my heart, even now. Mm. I saw such dignity in this man. He might have been homeless, but I tell you, he has a home in the heart of God, this gentleman. There's something beautiful about him.
5: Mm, Amen. Amen. And you were talking, Father, in um, our previous conversation with Carol's question about, about our children. And so I just happen to have a question that is an excerpt that focuses on God's concern for our young people. So, yes. yeah. And in a time when many parents really fear that their children have lost their faith and have left the church or maybe lukewarm, sort of on the fence, it seems like um, God really wants to draw them close with this excerpt. So, I'm, I'm going to share it with you. And, you know, sure. I'm also thinking about things that are happening today in the streets and. Uh, you know some of these things are absolutely unthinkable and uh, you know it, it makes me you know ache for their parents as well so i'm going to share this one sure okay this is from god i want to protect the young people as a tender father there is so much evil in the world these poor inexperienced souls are letting themselves be seduced by the attraction of vice which little by little leads to total ruin You who are especially uh, in need of someone to care for you in your life so that you can avoid evil, come to me. I am the Father who loves you more than any other creature will ever be able to do. Take refuge close, very close to me. Confide in me your thoughts and your desires. I will love you tenderly. I will give you the graces for the present and bless your future. You can be sure I will not forget you after 15, 25, or 30 years, having created you. Come, I see that you need a sweet and infinitely good father like me. And this was written in 1932, and it feels like it was written for this morning, <laughs> doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It does. It shows you the prophetic nature of God himself and the prophetic nature of this message. You know, the Lord always ahead of the curve. He he knows what's coming and he prepares the church in advance. And so you might be onto something right there, Stephanie, that maybe this was meant for our time in particular. Mm. Prophecies have a way of like of maturing, like good fruit, maturing at the proper time. And that means God has to plan for it against that holy word that God plans for everything and everyone. As we said even a week ago, that God not only plans the prophecies, yes, He actually plans the prophets. He creates prophets on purpose. He, from the time they're conceived, they're already being anointed by God to be prophets. When well, this message, I really appreciate it because I too have a heart for the young, and it seems to me in Satan's strategy over the world today, he's after the young people. I think in a, in a particular way. As part of his, mm. his gruesome strategy. And what we, what we see the devil doing basically is this. He's trying to sideline first uh, all the priests, to have all the priests become impotent, you might say, in their ministry, and, and have the priests put out of the picture, have some priests lead them into scandal in such a terrible way that even the priests who are faithful feel convicted and condemned by the behavior of other priests. And it's horrible as myself as a priest going through the airport and you might see I don't see it as much now, but I see it even more that parents would be afraid of their child to be near you. Mm. It was actually it was a calamity. It was horrible. We see the devil sidelining the priest in many different ways including, for instance, the lack of courage in many priests to speak up, and in many bishops, to speak up clearly that abortion is a mortal sin from the jaws of hell, this lack of courage. So the priests and the bishops are being sidelined, and then the moms and dads, they're being sidelined, that all the shows and movies and songs that the young people listen to, that they're replacing their parents. And even teaching them to disrespect their parents and disregard their parents, that their parents are old fogies coming from another generation, so they can never understand you. Well, that's a lie. But to sideline the parents, making maybe half of Catholic marriages end up in divorce, so our kids don't have a father, maybe, or a mother, or neither one and maybe those that aren't in divorce, that the parents are so busy with their jobs and their internet, they have no quality time for their children. And so you see what I'm getting at is the evil one has effectively sidelined the pastors and the parents, and that leaves the children totally unprotected, as his Prey, P-R-E-Y. And he wants to devour our young people, And it seems like he wants an army, a nation, a world, Satan does, of young people, lost and mired in sin, and worshiping him, the devil, and someday being with him forever. He's after our young people, you see? It's actually kind of frightening. But indeed, that's what he's done. And the Heavenly Father has seen this more than 100 years in advance. And he's telling us that he sees what's coming, and he loves his young people, and he wants to save them. He says, I want to protect these young people as a tender father. And to show you just how exact this prophecy is of God the Father and this approved message, that it simply mirrors and brings to fulfillment the last prophecy of the Old Testament in every single Bible in the world. It says, in Malachi, then in those days, says the Lord, in those final days, so to speak, these, these times of the end of an era, I will, he says, draw the hearts of the fathers back to their children, and I will draw the hearts of the sons and daughters back to their fathers. Mm-hmm. That is the last prophecy of the Old Covenant. And it begins to be fulfilled by the Lord Jesus in the New Covenant. You might say the next page as you begin Matthew's Gospel. It begins to be fulfilled. And here we see an even stronger fulfillment of that prophecy, that this type of orphan spirit we see throughout the world, especially among the young, an orphan spirit, God has a plan to deal with it. That our young people need to know that there is a Father who loves them. And so what I would say, my my dear team and my listener, is we have to, so to speak, get down on our knees till they bleed and pray that God breaks through this satanic, you might say, coma that our young people are in to break through it. And really, you could say this, to, to break through the Internet. As some prophets have said, maybe the whole ele- electronic system will go down worldwide. It'd be the best thing that could happen to the world for the, all the electronics just to go down, and maybe that will happen soon. But we need to pray, and with like we never had before, with tears, that God brings this message to man. He brings this message to the churches, and especially to the teenagers and the young adults. We have to pray. And so I'm going to ask you, my dear team, to pray with me right now, because it's more important to pray than to preach. Mm-hmm. It's more important to pray than to talk. Let's pray for a minute. We'll pray three Hail Marys right now. We're going to ask God, session of Mary and Saint Joseph, to find a way to reach the young. We need supernatural intervention. Amen. Amen. Amen.
5: Amen. And we, we may want. We, need it. we may want to tell our our uh, listeners, Father, that in our Hail Marys, we're including the flame of love prayer requested by Our Lady. So when they hear the Hail Mary, if they haven't been listening to us, they are familiar with, or at least know what we're, we're, uh, they get a frame of reference, if you will, what we're inserting.
1: Okay? Yes, very good. We're going to use the insert that's been approved by the church, which is really for these times, to bring about this precise victory that we're speaking of to the world, to the church, and to the young, that they will begin to know the amazing love of the good, good Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of
2: God, pray Pray for for us sinners. sinners. Spread Spread the effect of of grace of thy flame flame of love over all of humanity, humanity, now and at the hour of our our death. death. Amen. Amen.
1: Hail Mary, full of grace, Mother of salvation, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
2: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen.
1: Hail Mary, full of grace, mother and cause of our joy, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
2: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
1: Holy Mary, you are the daughter of the celestial. Father, you are the mother of the divine son. You are the bride of God, the Holy Spirit. You are the lady of the most holy trinity. You are God's plan for the salvation of the human race by bringing the love of Jesus and his father to all of your children. We ask you, Mama, to pray for all the families that are listening and indeed for the human race. Mama, help us to find a new way. We need your help. We beg for help from heaven to break through to the hearts of the young people. Yes, even to those who belong to the Antifa movement and the other movements. We need you, Jesus and Mary, to send the Holy Spirit and a new creative and energetic gift to break through to the hearts of the young, to scatter all the demons, and especially the demons of atheism and agnosticism, the demons of sexual perversion and lust, the demons of hopelessness and despair. Holy Mother Mary, good Saint Joseph, please pray to the Most Holy Trinity for us and for our young people that this message of the Heavenly Father will find a home in the hearts of every young person in the world, And we now claim all the teenagers and young adults of the entire universe. We claim all of them now for Jesus. And we place them in the heart of Mary. We proclaim and decree that Satan's plans will fall, that his plans will not stand. His plans will crash and crumble to the ground. And we claim the salvation of every young person in the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Wow. Well, you, Father,
0: Kim. we've been talking about hearts. And so the message that really stuck out to me was giving you life. I wish to create you in my image. Your heart is therefore as sensitive as mine and mine as yours. And this statement just really made me pause and be wowed that God, the father has as sensitive of heart as mine. Like that's so hard for my mind to wrap around the fact that our father wants to be on that same level with us. And to think of like, all the little things that we allow to hurt ourselves and, you know, hurt our hearts on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And, you know, it made me think about all those people that have hardened their hearts and aren't able to, you know, truly love and honor God the father, like he desires us to. And Hello, Annie. Can you hear yeah.
1: me, Father? Okay. I can hear you now. Yeah. Thanks be to God.
0: Okay. <laughs> What what was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> 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 Little guessing game here.
1: Why well, don't you... go ahead. I hear what you're saying because mm-hmm. that passage jumped out at me as well this morning as I was reviewing the message about the sensitivity of the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. Annie, uh, thank you. See, you're, you're the youngest one on the team. You're you're like our teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you noticed this, and you're right because you know if you think about it. So, much, so many of our people, not just teenagers, but adults, the church, the, uh, the hierarchy, perhaps, the clergy, that we see God, you know, as a giant rock, like he's a big boulder. And indeed, the Lord Jesus, infallibly, he did use that phraseology. And in fact, God is the rock of my salvation. But we don't mean to say that he's a stone-faced rock, that he's a rock without emotions. He's a living rock. We are living stones, and the Father is a living rock, so to speak. And calling God the Father of the Rock, there's truth to it, but what that means is He's stable, that He's strong. He's a foundation for us, but it by no means means that He has no emotions, no feelings, no sensitivity, no love. There is an error, you see, that has slipped in in the perception of who the Father is. He's unbelievably sensitive and beautiful, and that's precisely why he made us this way. That's why your heart, dear listener, your heart sometimes hurts and is in pain, because your heart is like the Father's heart. And so, yes, Annie, this is like a revelation, so to speak. Now, it's in sacred Scripture. There's no question of that, the sensitivity and the beauty and the love of the Father. But this is why we need approved private revelation, because it brings to the forefront these hidden truths, you might say, or these quiet truths of sacred Scripture. This is something beautiful to realize, that my sensitivity is not an aberration. It's not an aberration. It's not something that's weird, you know, or bad. Quite the opposite. Your sensitivity is your capacity to love. That's what it is. And who has greater capacity to love than God? No one. God has an infinite capacity to love, which means he's infinitely sensitive. He himself said that not even a hair of ours falls to the ground without him noticing the hair on our head. Yes, he has the hairs counted on our head. We don't even count the, the hairs on our children's head. We don't count those hairs. God knows the exact number, maybe 17,336 and a half. (laughs) He knows exactly how many hairs. To say God is sensitive is an absolute understatement. He adores us, and we have to remember what it's like to fall in love, that when you fall in love with someone, especially when you're a teenager, you adore everything. The way they wiggle their nose Put you into ecstasy, the way they wiggle their nose. When you love somebody, that's the way it is. And that's God is even more that way. Everything about us, he observes and notices, and he adores. He loves. And as one beautiful writer said, God doesn't just love you, dear listener. He likes you, too. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. He likes everything about you. And the naughty stuff, well, He's if you'll let him, he'll help you get rid of it. Through the power of the sensitive Holy Spirit, he'll help you and I to get rid of anything that's darkly sensitive so it becomes sensitive only to the light. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen
5: father one of our listeners deb from Eatonton, began reading this revelation of god the father also and she says she loved it she sent in this comment that want to share with you and get your thoughts she says in reading i found a comment that puts it all on us to respond to god the father and embrace his love and the comment or the uh, passage was in my fatherly goodness i will give you everything provided that all regard me as a true father living among his family, as I indeed do.
1: Your thoughts? Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that our, our listener from eatonton nailed it, because <laughs> this is, you know, the imperative, not only from this message, but from the public revelation, which it mirrors. And that is that God is offering mankind an invitation, an invitation it's not really—it's not a command in the sense is, like, you must love me, or I will, I will get rid of you. That's ridiculous. That's not what it is at all. It's an invitation. And you see, it has to be an invitation, because it wouldn't be love if it wasn't. So, see, love doesn't force the beloved. Love may try to entice the beloved, as he said here in the Revelation and in the Holy Bible. He entices us with holy gifts because he wants to win our hearts over. But our love must be free, or it's not love. How courageous is my God and your God? How courageous is the Father that he makes me out of nothing. Through my mom and dad, he makes me out of nothing, and he knows making me Father Jim, back then I was just Jimmy, that I could, and I hate to say this, team, but may put it this way, use terrible, simple language, I could have spit on my father. And that's what many souls are doing today. Collectively, they're spitting on their father. And my father knew when he made me that I could reject him. But he said, no, the idea of Jim or Carol or Stephanie or Annie or Jack, the idea is too beautiful. This little one is too beautiful. I can't not not make them. Mm -hmm. I must give them the opportunity to live. I must give you the opportunity to love. But I can't force it. So I'm going to make them anyway. I'm going to send my son to die for them anyway. I'm going to touch him with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to woo them in every way possible with gifts and with sufferings so that maybe, just maybe, my little beloved one will say yes and love me in return. I will do everything for this, he says. I will do everything. And that's what he's done. It all depends on my yes. That's why Mary, whose birthday is coming up next week, Our Lady, is the icon of the human race, because Mary said yes to God. The evil one said no. He said, I will not serve. But Mary said fiat. Our Lady said yes. She said, Father, you've given me too much. Jesus, you become my son. Holy Spirit, you will wed me. All I can do, I'm totally undeserving, she says. All I can do is say yes. Yes, my soul proclaims your greatness, O Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And so yes, our listener and Etonton really got it down that she ate it well. She's from Etenton and she ate the message correctly. <laughs> and she understood it.
5: You hear that, that
1: God is loving me. <laughs> and love is free. And I need to say yes. Before I forget, team and beautiful listeners, the yes, really, if you want to know how to describe it in another way, we want to give our yes to God. This is how I would say it. Pray, beloved, for gratitude. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever religion or no religion, let's begin praying for the gift of gratitude. Because gratitude is a joyful yes. It's a loving yes. It's not a sterile yes gratitude really is what we're talking about. Am I grateful for my life? Am I grateful for the Eucharist? Am I grateful for the Virgin Mary? Am I grateful for God's love? Gratitude is the best yes to God. So I would recommend to everyone, pray to Jesus and Mary and Joseph that their gratitude would resound in your heart that we would be grateful to God, and in our gratitude, in our love, then we say yes to God. To me, that's the key. Pray for gratitude, and you can't not not say yes. Pray for gratitude. Amen?
0: Amen. 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 What another incredible hour, Father Jim. Thank you so much for joining us today. My joy. Would you you mind leading us in a closing prayer and blessing?
1: No, I'm too tired.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm worn out. Couldn't
5: blame you. I believe
1: you. Okay. But, but yes, well, yes, we'll try to say a prayer here. So in mm-hmm. the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 We'll begin. let's say the Our Father again, because we're talking about the Father. But now, let's say it with as much love as we can. Let's say it in a more loving way. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth in Georgia as it is done in heaven.
2: Give us this day our daily bread, and And forgive us our trespasses, trespasses as we forgive those who trespass trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, temptation, but deliver us from evil.
1: Amen. 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 Father God, we love you. We love you. My team loves you. Georgia loves you. We want to love you more please forgive us for any ingratitude in our lives. We now say to you, Father, we want to say yes to you, as did the Virgin Mary. We want to be grateful to you as she was grateful in her Magnificat. Fill us, Father, and all of our listeners with the great gift of gratitude. Then we will live our days in joy, and we will spend our nights in peace. May Almighty God bless everyone who's listening with his Father's love and with a grateful heart and with joy unending. And may he bless all of the children in your families in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Heaven's Light this afternoon. And if you didn't get to catch the whole episode, it's available on your programs on demand on our Quest Atlanta app or online at questatlanta.com. We'll see you next week.